0: This is the Fenway Rundown, the premier podcast for all things Boston Red Sox. You no know, people harp on the last place thing, but essentially what's
1: important is the record. If the Red Sox want people to start thinking the ownership cares, then maybe they should talk.
0: This is the Fenway Rundown, brought to you by Mass Live. Here are your hosts, Chris Cattillo and Sean McAdam.
1: Thursday edition of the Fenway Rundown. I'm Chris Catillo. Sean McAdam here with me, and we are pleased to be joined, I believe, for the second time on the show, at least since I've been doing it, Red Sox pitching coach Dave Bush uh, from what looks like a hotel room in Washington, D.C., which is uh, also uh, where I'm doing it from. So we're really at the, uh, the behest of hotel Wi-Fi for the second straight episode. We'll see how that goes. Hopefully it holds. Uh, but Dave, know you uh, are in the middle of a busy week in season. We appreciate you coming on. Sure. Glad to be here. I'll start and um, before we kind of swap off questions here. But for you, and, and Alex scores talked about this question earlier, This or, or answered this question earlier this week. After all the injuries, after all the ups and downs that you guys have faced kind of as a staff the last couple of years with Sale back, Whitlock back, Houck coming back, um, do you feel like for the first time in, in really years that you're now operating with a, with a full deck of cards where you just have all the weapons that, you know, at full strength that you expected to have at this point?
2: Sure. Um, you know, it's great having these guys back. Um, you know, it, it's been a tough couple of months here with some injuries and moving guys around. But, uh, you know, part of the reason we try to build up depth early in the year is to withstand situations like this. Um, I feel like we're throwing the ball really well. The relievers have handled the workload uh, very well and pitched well on top of it. Um, but now we got some guys coming back, and I think our rotation is settling into a good spot. And I think the bullpen has settled into to their roles, and so we're ready to, to keep moving forward here. And Dave, one of those figures who has returned uh,
0: after a 10-week absence on the IL is Chris Sale, who was uh, pretty impressive, uh, to say the least, last Friday in his first start back, retiring the first 14 hitters he faced. Um, What were your expectations there after a long layoff and not perhaps having the time to build up the arm strength that he would have otherwise? There's some urgency here to get him back. And what were your impressions of
2: what you saw Friday against Detroit? Uh, he was great, man. I mean, the, the fastball below was there. The command was good. All speed pitches were sharp. Um, I think, from my perspective, that was a, it went well. It went about as well as it could have. I know Chris felt good about it physically and mentally. Um, you know, his buildup was was pretty smooth this time. Um, you know, his his he hit his pitch counts along the way. His below looked good in minor league rehab outings. Um, when he came back, he looked strong, he looked healthy, he looked comfortable. That's the best thing. And he got out in the mound and pitched the way he's capable of pitching. So we're excited to get him back out in the mound again. He goes today,
1: obviously, in a weird four o'clock start here in D.C. I know that, you know, this has never probably been in doubt to you guys as an organization, but what, when he's healthy, I mean, is it good to see, as we saw in May this year and in that last outing on Friday, that his ceiling is still still the ceiling of, you know, vintage Chris Sale? It is.
2: We saw it earlier this year. The velo was as high as I'd ever seen it. Um, he was pitching so well before he got hurt, and it's been great that he's he's so far picked up You know, pretty much right where he left off. Um, I think part, part of what made this rehab process easier for him was knowing how well he pitched earlier this year. Mm-hmm. It removed all the doubt in his mind that he can still be the guy that he wants to be and the guy that he's been in the past. So I think having that in the back of his mind, knowing that he still has the velo, he still has the strength and the stuff, Um, as he's come back around this time it picked it right up and and he's ready to go again
1: in terms of the bullpen alex was saying two nights ago after they they were so dominant after pavetta came out just it feels like to him that this is the best group he's had at any point during the regular season since he's been managing um you know not just jansen and and Martin in the back end, which we'll talk about more after, but Winkowski's emergence and Schreiber, obviously, and, and Bernardino and Whitlock obviously struggled last night, but generally a guy you can rely on. Um, do you think this is one of the best bullpens in baseball now and one of the best that you've seen just with the, the different looks, the different um, guys who you know have track records? And you know, it seems like there's always kind of been one or two you know, low leverage guys in the mix, and now it feels like you guys just have um, really just weapon after weapon
2: there are a lot of pieces we like, you know, Kenley and, and Chris have, have kind of solidified the back end of the bullpen the whole year. Um, so having those two innings taken care of more often than not is puts us in a good spot to line the guys up in front of them. Um, you know, Wink has been a, a really great kind of, kind of great. Um, he's had a great season and just, you know, the, the ability to throw harder the way he's handled the bullpen role. Um, I don't want to say it's unexpected because we saw glimpses of it last year, but mm-hmm. The way he settled into a new role and pitching leverage spots at the back of the game, he's handled it really well. He bounces back quickly, able to pitch back to back games, um, and mentally he's in a great spot. He loves being out there competing late in the game. Um, and then we, again, as I said, as we stack the pieces up against that Schreiber coming back gives us another inning that we're comfortable with. Witt not coming back as a multi inning reliever it gives us a lot of options. Um, you know, Bernie, as an acquisition earlier this year, has stepped up and taken advantage of his opportunity. Just his ability to pound the zone, throw strikes, and the confidence he has out there. We've opened with him. We've pitched him late in the game. Uh, we've done a lot, and he's done well at all of it. And all the other pieces that we put there, uh, you know, Chris Murphy uh, has filled in very well, too, in his first taste in the big leagues. Um, so, again, a, a lot of stuff, a lot of pieces with different looks. We have lefties. We have righties. We have guys that throw harder, guys that have lower slots, um, some guys with big power riding fastballs, guys that, that pitch more the breaking ball. Uh, But the ability to throw strikes, the confidence they have and trust in their stuff and the different looks we can give teams uh, are making it really good. Dave, we talked about Chris Sale returning last Friday. You have uh, what looks to
0: be the expected return of Tanner Hout coming up on Monday. He had a very good final tune-up for Worcester on Wednesday afternoon. What are your thoughts as Tanner comes back? And in particular, how different is this? With a guy coming back, not only obviously from what could have been an, an even more horrific injury, uh, a, a comebacker to the face, but also the mental aspect and what he has to overcome in terms of being on a major league mound, facing major league hitters
2: again after what happened in June. Well, one thing is he he's as tough as they come, and I would have said this before he got hurt. Um, you know, he he's a bulldog in the mound. He has a great personality for it. He loves the. Just being in that spot, very calm on the mound too. Always, um, you know, we saw it at times last year, and he was closing games. We see it when he starts games. Uh, he's taking that same attitude, that same approach to the rehab. This you know, obviously this is a little bit different. It's not an arm injury. Um, you know, this is just letting his body recover and then making sure he's mentally and physically ready to be on the mound. Uh, but so far so good. He, he's pitched well in his rehab appearances. I don't see any ill effects of of getting hit. I believe he had a comebacker in the game last night that he fielded and made a play on without any problems. Um, but that's a big step for guys who have been hit, just the confidence to know that that they can still let it rip and, and, and they're not afraid, they're not worried, they're not um, thinking about a possible outcome. It's like, no, we're just going to pitch confidently and let it go. So I've seen all that stuff from him so far. He feels good. He built up his pitch count yesterday. Um, so we're looking forward to having him back.
1: The six-man rotation, I, I think, is going to be something you guys are going to keep trying, or at least through this turn. Sunday's TBD looks like a Pavetta day in some form, which uh, he seems to um, be the rare guy who doesn't really care if he's coming out in the first, coming out in the second, the third. It's all the same. He's coming out of the bullpen in all those spots. When you look at the six-man rotation group, adding Hauk and Sale and um, Pavetta in, in whatever form... Who is that intended to really protect the most? Is it a guy like, you know, guys like Paxton or Sale, older guys with injury history? Is it Bayo and Crawford as they, you know, build up to an innings total that they haven't before? Or is it just one of those things that helps everybody along the way?
2: Uh, just one of the things that helps everybody because of, of who we have and where we are. Um, you know, six-man rotation means one less guy in the bullpen. So that there's give and take with it always. Mm-hmm. Um, but with guys coming back from, from rehab and, and, you know, in some cases a little bit limited when they're first coming back, you know, I don't know that we set out with a particular goal in mind, but these are the pieces we have and this is how we think it best fits our team. You know, not setting out to protect any one person or any one group It's trying to get the most out of the 13 pitchers that we can and whatever form that takes, whether it's openers, bullpen days, six-man rotation, at any given moment we're trying to to get the most out of the group that we have. And that may evolve and we'll probably evolve over time.
1: Do you see this six-man thing going on after this stretch of 16 games in 16 days? Do you see you guys doing that for the rest of the year, or is it just, you know, take every week as it comes?
2: Yeah, we haven't gotten that far ahead yet. Um, mm-hmm. you know, we're, we're, we're obviously always looking a little bit ahead, but um, it's hard to plan that far out. You know, you're, you're right. a right out away from from totally redoing your your starting rotation order. Um, so for right now, we're taking it one day at a time. And and making sure that the guys that are coming back are healthy and that we're giving them the proper recovery time so they go out and pitch and pick up the innings that they want to and that they should.
1: And the good news is it hasn't rained in Boston all summer, so I haven't had to deal with no any <laughs> of that.
2: Yeah, Dave,
0: does it sometimes seem when you look at this season that you have either had one extreme or the other—more pitchers than uh, you normally would need, and the ability to go to a six-man as you've done a couple of times, or? You know, three opener spots out of the five slots through each rotation. It seems like it's been feast or famine when it terms, comes to availability of starting pitchers this year.
2: It, it does seem that way. Um, you know, sometimes those things happen in bunches. We had it last year at 1.2 where a couple of starters got hurt all at the same time. And then we have to adapt. And again, we look at the pieces that we have any any given day, any time we're trying to put a group together and say, all right, who, who do we have? When can they pitch? What can we expect out of them? And how can we put that group together to try to win the game? So in in situations where starters have been hurt and we're more of a bullpen approach, then we mix and match the pieces against the opposing lineups and and put guys out there. And then situations where we have more starters coming back and we can get some more length at the beginning of the game, then we can adjust and move guys around a little bit. Uh, But that adaptability for the players has been really important. We have guys, again, that we've asked to pitch the first inning and also the ninth inning. We have guys that have pitched, you know, a bunch of short appearances in a row, and they've also pitched some some big length out of the bullpen. Um, kind of move guys around, but but again, that, that adaptability is a skill. It's an important skill for big league pitchers to be able to do more than one thing, um, to have the the skills and the approach and the preparation that they can go out there in, in different situations and still do well. What One of the
0: issues last year, obviously, was the back end of the bullpen. It seems like a lot of games got away from you in the eighth or ninth. Over last season... Uh, last off season, rather uh that gets addressed by the signing of both Chris Martin and Kenley Jansen two guys who have done this for a long time what uh, have they meant to this pitching staff and the stability that they provide for you guys in the back end knowing that the eighth and ninth are more times than not going to get locked down
2: yeah stability comes a lot of ways you know stability is the and knowing there's two guys out there that pitch the last couple of of the game every night. Also having two guys out there that have a great routine and know how to go about their business. And I've done it for a long time. Um, and just the calming, kind of the calming attitude and presence they have in the clubhouse, in the bullpen, on the field. Um, they both pitched very well this year. You know, it's, it's very helpful knowing that as we map out a game that, that we can be pretty confident the last couple of taken care of. And um, when that's the case, everyone else kind of settles into their own positions and, and fills in the, the spots in the middle but they've both been great. Again, on the field, off the field, their preparation, their performance, uh, the way they go about their business has has been really good for all the guys on the staff and all the guys on the team.
1: Kenley has, I think, at times, and, and Martin to a different extent, you know, been kind of like having another pitching coach there from the guys that I've talked to that, you know, Kenley's meant so much. Um he wants to build a an academy in Curacao, I think, for for pitchers once he's retired. Have you does he have the coaching it factor from what you've been able to see? And like, I think back to opening day and I wrote about this, but you know, this is a guy first day in Boston, still getting acclimated himself. And you know, Zach Kelly struggles a little bit and Kenley who, you know, has accomplished everything in this game and could you know, very well keep to himself is on one knee at Zach Kelly's locker, trying to console him and tell him what he saw in that outing. Um, is he as kind of involved as, as a teammate's been that you've seen?
2: Yeah. Like I, I like it when players work with each other. You know, there, there's only so much that I can say that other staff members can say. Um, players help each other goes a long way. Um, mm-hmm. You know, there, there's kind of a, a connection that they have with each other in the clubhouse and in the bullpen. Um, but just going through the same thing, you know, that they, they've all been there. Kenley's been there. He's been great. He's struggled. Um, he's learned a lot along the way, and, and he was open about some of that stuff in spring training when talking with the group about uh, things he's learned and and the the lessons he's taken that have helped him to be this good for this long so I think anybody that plays in the big leagues for as long as, as Chris Martin has, or as long as Kenley has, or Justin Turner, for that matter, or some other guys that have been in the big leagues for a long time, um, you learn a lot and, and you've been through a lot. And anytime you can pass on those experiences, it's going to help. And, you know, that that's the sort of thing that the players can coach each other and help each other. Um, there's a lot to be learned and and it takes a, a certain personality to be willing to do that and able to do that. Uh, but again, the, the group that we have, the older players that we have have been very helpful in that regard.
1: You pitched in the majors for parts of nine seasons, 04 to 13, with a few different clubs. Um, do you now in your role as pitching coach, how, how different is the modern job, now zooming out here for a sec, compared to the pitching coaches that you had throughout your career? Like like what are the biggest differences between what you do and what those guys did, you know, 20 years ago?
2: Yeah, it's it's a lot. The game has changed a lot. There's so much more information now. The The speed at which we process information is so much faster. Uh, staffs are bigger, not just uniform staff, but also support staff for an office staff, um, player development staff for that matter. There's there's a lot more people involved in the game. Um, we're much more aware of the intricacies of what's happening on the field, how guys are moving. Um, so I, th- that's why I feel that the biggest change is just the amount of information we have and how quickly it gets processed. We're not only relying on what we see and the results on the field, we're relying on information behind that. So we have a much better understanding of what's actually happening than trying to strip away the, the luck or you know, just a, the, the randomness that happens in baseball with mm-hmm. you know, what guys are actually doing. Um, so I think that that's, that's probably the biggest change is just that there's so many more people involved and so much more information that it's more than one person can do alone. You know, For most of my career, we had a pitching coach and a bullpen coach, and we had one hitting coach. Um, now most teams have three hitting coaches or some, some form of that. And two to three people involved on the pitching side. Um, you know, whether it's like in our case with Jason, as a, as a catching coach and game planning coordinator, he works with the pitching guys all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think just the, the number of people involved, because there's so much information that it's way more than one person can do, it's way more than I could handle by myself and and, and do it well. Um, So I think that that's the biggest piece is just trusting the people I work with, people around me, that they're really good at what they do. And I can give them stuff and information. They can go. Um, They don't have to check with me. They don't have to to run everything by me. It's, you know, we all trust each other with the skills that we have and and the parts of our job that we're trying to do. And we go do it. Um, But that, that again, that's the biggest thing is, is, you know, for most of my career, I had a pitching coach and that was it. And he did everything um it's impossible to do that now there's just too much so the the spread of information the spread of responsibility is the biggest difference
1: There a certain pitching coach you had at some point that inspired
2: you to want to do this someday um I don't know anyone inspired me I I really when I stopped playing I didn't think I was going to get into coaching Mm. kind of wanted to pursue some other stuff and then was out of the game for a little bit and found that I missed it a lot and really enjoyed the competition and being around the field and the clubhouse and the players um, and also just the ability to pass on the, the information that I learned um, has been kind of an unexpected enjoyment for me. I really, I really love the job now in, in a way that I didn't know I would uh, when I stopped playing. Um, I, I, again, because I didn't think I was going to get into coaching, I didn't really have a coach that said, this is the path you should take. But looking back now, I, I learned a lot from some coaches that have really helped me out. Uh, you know, kind of a big foundation of how I coach now was things I learned along the way. Um, I had Mike Maddox for a bunch of years in Milwaukee and in Texas, and and he's probably the one that that taught me the most about the ins and outs of the game, things I've carried on to this day, some things that I still pass on to players now that I learned, Mm -hmm. you know, 15-plus years ago.
0: Dave, I want to talk about a couple of guys who have really uh, been big contributors uh, to the pitching stats (laughs) this year. We know it has been a long time for this franchise to – uh, develop a starting pitcher of high quality, the way you have uh, with Brian Bayo. I was wondering if you could address the sort of progress he's made this year and also talk a little bit about his struggles here in the second half. Is any of that uh, a, a concern about him hitting the wall from a physical standpoint? Uh, what's he how far has he come and what's behind some of his difficulties over the last three or four starts?
2: He's come a long way. And that started back last year when he first got called up. His introduction to the big leagues was tough last year. You know, a a few starts at the beginning of his career that that didn't go very well. Um, You know, anytime someone gets to the big leagues for the first time, it can be sometimes it goes smoothly, sometimes it goes poorly. But either way, it's still a big adjustment. Um, so he learned a lot last year. Early on, he kind of had to to adapt his game to big leagues a little bit, and and kind of refill his confidence in what he was doing. Because look, anyone that gets hit around, you're going to lose some confidence. But but he has always maintained that he's been a very very confident and under control guy out in the mound. Uh, so I've seen a continuation of that into this year. Just so that, you know, he, he's picked up where he left off last year. He's picked up there and continued to get better, continued to learn. Um, his feel for the game is very good. His feel for for where his body's moving, for how he holds the ball, what he wants it to do. Um, he's got a, a good feel for that. And also he understands the game when he's out there in the mound, that he can read the situations, what hitters are trying to do, what's good for him in any particular day, the adjustments he can make, the other skills that he has. Um, his awareness of all that stuff is part of what makes him good. Um, lately, look, I, you know, as I've told him, no, no one rolls through a season without any ups and downs. He was really good for a long time, and the last couple of starts haven't been quite what we wanted. But he worked very diligently on and off the field. His workouts have been great. His mound work in between starts has been great. Um, I'm very confident that, that he's going to get right back to where he was earlier. And and look, this this pattern continues again. No one goes through thirty some odd starts without any hiccups. Um, there's always adjustments to be made as your body. You know, as your body moves through the season and as teams adjust to you, but uh, again, no, no problem, no, no uh, lack of confidence, no lack of confidence on his part, and I'm sure that he'll pick it up really soon. Here,
0: second impact guy is uh, is Chris Murphy, uh, and it's really kind of an amazing transformation. Here's a guy who really struggled early in the season in the starter's role at AAA, and now he has become kind of a lights out guy for a multi inning bulk
2: reliever in the big leagues. How did that happen? You know, the, his confidence in his stuff is, is big. Um, he's always had good stuff. There's never a question of that. Strike throwing was the problem for him in minor leagues. Um, just the ability to consistently stay in the strike zone and trust his stuff and, and force the hitters, force the action on the hitters. Um, and we instilled, a, instilled that in him in spring training, just, you know, making sure he understands that when he gets to the big leagues, that the keeping the ball over the plate, is a really critical part of what he can do he has a lot of strengths his fastball rides he's got a good slower breaking ball he has a good harder cutter he can throw a change up when he wants to um, you know it's a lot of strengths that, that not all left handers have and so as he's been able to throw more balls over the plate and work ahead in the count we've seen the stuff play that's the biggest piece is just constantly reminding him how good the stuff is how well it plays in the strike zone and then when he works ahead of guys he can get anybody out lefties righties it doesn't matter doesn't matter what part of the lineup he's in. Doesn't matter who's up. Doesn't matter who he's facing. So just again, just constantly reinforcing that, helping him trust his stuff, knowing that he can get big leaguers out and he's good. Um, and he's good when he pitches in the strike zone. A lot of guys can can you know just the the fear of failure. They can try to nibble around the zone when they first get to the big leagues, or they're you know they give up some hits and are reluctant to throw certain pitches. But again, just constantly telling him, "Hey, man, this stuff is really good. This stuff is really good." When he controls his delivery, when he stays in a good direction of the plate, he can throw more strikes, and that's when he's been at his best.
1: Obviously, roles to be determined for a lot of guys moving forward, him, Whitlock, um, some other guys. But uh, to close out here, Dave, as you guys turn the page, and obviously a few weeks left in the pennant race, I know that's a singular focus right now, but as you turn the page toward next season, um, Sean and I have often talked about on this show and, and, and what we write, that it seems like, adding big time impact, starting rotation arms, it will be a priority in the winter. Is that how you view it? Do you feel like that is a need for you guys moving forward to, you know, maybe add to the top of that rotation?
2: I really haven't thought about that much, you know, as we've had a bunch of guys coming back to the rotation right now, the focus has all been on the group that we have. Um, So we really haven't gotten that far ahead, just continue to try to develop the guys that we have. We have some good starters, Um, that have come through our system or that we've acquired that have been really good for us. And, and uh, again, all the focus now is trying to get these guys to be as good as they can be in the moment and whatever role that takes on in the future, you know, it may be different for different guys, but right now we have a lot of young pitchers that we like young guys that have been starting and we're going to continue building them, developing them for the time being. It's not your checkbook day, but do you like the Otani guy? He's good. (laughs) He's good. He's special. I talked to my kids about it. My my boys are, are getting old enough to be baseball fans now. And, and um, you know, they're aware of how good he is and how, how unusual this is to see a guy be, be that good on both sides of the ball. Um, I mean, I'm a baseball fan myself, always have been. And so seeing special players is still pretty cool, even from this side of the field.
1: No tampering. We didn't get over the line there. But we appreciate uh, Dave Bush coming on the Fenway Rundown today. And we'll see you at the ballpark, Dave. Thanks.
2: I'll see you guys. You're welcome.
0: This has been the Fenway Rundown, brought to you by Mass Live.